0: Welcome to the Ultimate Fun Jobs Podcast, where our awesome guests share their incredible stories and success tips about some of the most amazing jobs on planet Earth. Here's your host, Dave Mendonca. All right, today's episode will be epic. It'll be fun. Love the guest. I love the guest today. This is a guy that I used to work with. Many moons ago in the 1990s at a place called TSN, the Sports Network up in Canada. His name is Jay Onright. He's the host of SC on TSN. Every time I see this guy, he cracks me up. He's a a funny dude. He's super tall. I always tell him, he's like, dude, you're like eight feet tall. He's like tall. But he's super good, super fun at what he does. Great conversation coming up, talking about his career how he got the gig and what's in store for him and any other insights. So let's get to it. Hey Dave. There he is. Yeah. Jay what's going Conroy, on, my friend? live from his car.
1: Live from the vehicle. There we go. How's that? Does that work?
0: <laughs> I can hear you, man. A little bit. Welcome. Oh, it
1: bad?
0: Yeah, you're is it good. You're good? good, man. All right. Yeah. This is the first. All right, let's do this. Welcome to the show, okay, Jay. Buddy. Thank you, Dave. It's great to talk to you. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. You know, Jay, whenever I see you, it reminds me of 1997. I was like that 20 something uh, kid at sports desk, had no idea what I was doing. But there was Jay on right, all eight foot six of them, helping a brother out.
1: I, I you know, I, I was talking to my wife today about you, Dave, and she said, oh, Who's this Dave guy you're going to be doing a podcast with? So I said, well, he was in the newsroom with me back when I was first at TSN, and uh, I was the one who gave him the nickname "Big Wave Dave," and yes. it's kind of stuck. It kind of stuck throughout your time at TSN, I think.
0: Throughout my career, man, it was on radio. I remember Gino Retta called me "Big Wave Dave" on the radio. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. I love that. that I mean, that makes it a whole thing worth it right there when Gino Retta refers to you as your nickname. That's pretty pretty special.
0: That's right. Jay, I'm scared for you. You're driving right now, and you're looking at the camera. No, your I'm camera. not. I'm
1: looking straight ahead. I'm looking straight ahead. <laughs> I, I will awesome, no longer man. be looking down here. So so hopefully my nose is clean and, and it's not uh, gross. But, uh, yeah, I think it should work pretty well.
0: Oh, yeah. It's great, man. So, Jay, you know, you're a big-time star, host of SC on TSN. So give me the quick origin story of how you got there.
1: It's pretty uh, workmanlike, I would describe it as. It was kind of a workmanlike thing. I mean, you know, like, I went to broadcasting school. I went to what the school formerly known as Ryerson, now uh, now Toronto Metropolitan University, for four years. And in my second year at Ryerson, there was a ad in the student lounge for a internship at TSN. And I was just, my eyes lit up. I was so excited about the, even the possibility of getting in there. And I, I got the internship. I, I still don't know how. And that was uh, January 96. And I worked there as an intern for four months and then got hired as a freelancer that summer. And, and when I say as a freelancer, I was writing scripts, uh, Much uh, as you were, Dave, when you were there, I was writing scripts for highlights and and VOs and things like that. And and they kept me on my third and fourth year at Ryerson, which was incredible because I got to basically work full-time as a freelancer while still going to school. And I was working in a place where I wanted to work when I was done anyway. So it was was an incredible thing for me. And then the the added bonus was that I – I was very uh, persistent, and I would go along with the reporters of the day, Rod Smith, Susan Rogers, Brendan Connor, Corey Warren. I'd tag along with them uh, wherever they were going, and I would, uh, I would you know, help in any way I could. And then I would bring, like, a, a jacket with me, and I would tape, uh, like, a stand-up, a reporter stand-up. And by the time I was done my third and fourth year, I had, like, an incredible demo reel shot by professional TSN camera guys. So I, I was really lucky that way. And I got a job on air two weeks out of uh, graduation in Saskatoon. And I went to Breakfast Television Winnipeg for a couple of years. And then the NHL Network launched in 2001. And I was lucky enough to be the very first host of that illustrious network, which continues to this day. And uh, and after my first year on NHL Network, I, I didn't have anything to do in the summertime. And I said to... Uh, our old boss Mark Millier, Dave. I said, "Listen, if you need someone to fill in for you in the summer on SportsCenter, just let me know." And two days later, he calls me, and I've got like two weeks worth the shift. So it's like, "Oh, careful what you ask for." But <laughs> it was my gateway into the new, into the TSN on air world. And uh, once I was locked in there, uh, I never had to give it up. And I, w- I was really lucky because Blake Price at the time was doing the 10 p.m. show with uh, Darren Detition and. Blake decided to move back, back to Vancouver, so he opened up a spot for uh, for for me to stay there permanently. So, so I always say to Blake, I owe you big time for uh, for not liking Toronto and wanting <laughs> to move back to <laughs> Vancouver.
0: I love it. I just love the initiative, Jay. Like you, really went after it. A lot of guys were at TSN; they were pretty satisfied with just you know watching highlights and whatnot. But you, you're like you, you had an inner motor, man. You just went after it.
1: Well, I the, the good thing for me was that I, w- I was very focused on what I wanted to do, even as I got to TSN. So even as I was writing highlights with everyone, I still knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. And to your point, Dave, I could see a lot of my peers around me who initially wanted to be on air, uh, as you said, get comfortable with the idea. Well, maybe if I'm a producer or if I, you know stay here, then I don't have to move out of Toronto. I can stay in Toronto and, and be close to my family. I totally understand that. For me, I was willing to literally move anywhere uh, for right. that first on-air job. And the fact that I got to go to Saskatoon was like a massive bonus. That's a great city and a fun city. It's a college town. It's like a London or a Kingston. That's right. So I was expecting a much smaller town than that. So I lucked out in a big way. My my first on-air job, and then Winnipeg was great. Loved that. So. Yeah, I, I always tell people like if you're willing to move kind of anywhere for that very first on-air job, uh, you, you know you'll be you'll be laughing because it, you'd be surprised how many people want to be in our business, but then subsequently don't want to leave the GTA, <laughs> which you know it's understandable, but uh, you kind of have to do it if you if you really want to have some success.
0: You know, it, it's a great lesson, Jay. It's you got to sacrifice. You know, if you really want to go after that that big nugget, and that, that's what she did. Not a lot of people would do that; they would be too scared. And but you you went into the wilderness, in the prairie land. Yeah. And you made yes. it happen, man.
1: Yes, the prairies. What a what a time! What a wonderful place. Well, and I grew up in the prairies, so that's it was right. a little easier for me. It wasn't like I'd grown up in the GTA, and I just you know you go to the prairies and you just know nobody and it's, it's tough. It's, it's foreign to you. The prairies are so different than Toronto. So for me, it was easy, right? It was just like going home again. And I was very familiar with Saskatchewan and Winnipeg and everything. It was, it was fun. I always, the other thing I would say to people is don't treat, you know, don't treat it like a uh, steps to get to the end goal. You know, enjoy the journey along the way, enjoy mm-hmm. your time in Saskatoon or enjoy your time in Sault Ste. Marie or, or wherever you happen to go for that first job or second job, um, if you go with a good attitude, you'll be embraced by the local community. But I, I think more than that, what, what I like about for, for young people about leaving the GTA and, and going elsewhere to sort of get reps, there's a couple things I lo- like about it. Number one, you get the reps in front of a smaller audience, and you make your mistakes in front of a smaller audience, and that's just a better thing for you and your brand. Uh, But maybe even bigger than that is you get out of that sort of GTA bubble Mm. and you see what the rest, the way the rest of the country consumes sports. It's so different than Southern Ontario. And obviously our business is still very much centered in in Southern Ontario. Mm. And Southern Ontario drives so much of the content just because of the population base. right? Yeah. It's still, if you're going to be a national broadcaster, having a little more knowledge about the rest of the country is definitely not a bad thing. Um, And it'll be appreciated by the audience uh, down the road, I assure you.
0: No, it's paid off for you, Jay. Now you're a freaking superstar. You know, the the guy's gone to the U.S. on Fox. He's the king of Canada. He's done it all. So... Listen, man, well-deserved, you know, just for you to go out there just getting it done. So that, that's amazing. So let's talk about today. Uh, let's talk about a day in the life of Jay as a host. So take us, like, you know, from when you wake up to your shift, and end of shift, it, as quickly as possible. Can you let us know what happens?
1: Yeah, basically my day starts at 6 at o'clock p.m. And that's when we do a conference call with all my producers and everybody working on my show. And throughout the day, like everybody in our business, you're, you're staying up to date on what's going on. Uh, you know, a day like today when a bunch of Maple Leafs are talking at training camp and a bunch of Calgary Flames are talking, we know we're going to be putting a lot of focus on that on the show tonight. And so that six o'clock conference call is really just to say, here's the guests that our producers have lined up for the show. You know, here's some of the topics we want to talk to them about. And... We just kind of talk about the show itself and and what we want to do. And then right about now, which is 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, I head into work and and uh, and again around eight o'clock, grab some makeup from a professional makeup artist, which is a real treat and throw on a suit and get right to work. I start writing the show. Everything that you see me on camera for is written by me. Uh, Everything else is is written by my super capable staff of writers and producers, and then I can kind of ad-lib off of that. And we start, you know, unlike when we used to do the old Sports Center and was mostly highlight-driven, now our show is mostly interview-driven. And so we start with those interviews right away. A lot of them are pre-taped. So, Mm -hmm. for example, tonight right away at 10 o'clock, I'll start interviewing our sports betting expert, Todd Furman, I'll start interviewing uh, Balgi, our Calgary bureau chief, about the Flames' training camp situation, and uh, and then in the in the same time, you're trying to watch that Thursday night football game because we are technically the Thursday night post game show. We come out of all the primetime games, so you want to make sure you got a good handle on that because Luke Wilson would join us on the show, the former NFL tight end Luke Wilson, and he and I will rap about that game that night. So. We keep that pretty spontaneous. I got a few topics that, you know, I get teed up for Luke 4, but for the most part, I try to keep that as spontaneous and light as I can, more like a radio interview if I can. Sure. I like the conversational style of interviewing, even on TV. Yeah. So, yeah, that's sort of it. And then, and then we go live at midnight most nights. Uh, unlike a, a night like tonight is a great example of when we wouldn't go live at midnight, we'll just come on as soon as that NFL game is over and we'll fire it up right away and go all the way to 1 a.m. and I'm done at about 1 a.m. and then I drive home with almost zero traffic which is the best part of my job.
0: So listen listen, you've been working nights for a heck of a long time. Like how are you doing with it? Like is it still agrees with your schedule and stuff?
1: Yeah, it's great. I remember back when you and I were in the newsroom Dave asking Rod Smith that very question, you know, and he had little kids at the time. Hmm. And I said, you know, how do you how do you handle the schedule with the little kids? And he said, it's actually great because I get to pick them up from school. I get to have dinner with them. I get to put them to bed and they're in bed pretty much before I had to work. And it's the same, exactly the same for me.
0: Okay. Uh, I get
1: probably more time with my kids than most nine to five dads do. So wow. uh, I have no complaints from, from that perspective. And then the other thing is I'm just a night person and. You know, I wrote in my first book, the best piece of advice I ever got in this business was on my very first day volunteering at Global Edmonton. (laughs) When I was sort of thinking I might want to go into the business, this camera guy pulls me aside like a veteran camera guy. And he says, just you only need to know one thing in this business. You'll always be working when everyone else you know is off. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because sports happens at night. You know, entertainment happens at night and on the weekends. And that's what most people are often enjoying those things, but somebody has got to produce them and make sure they get to air. And that's us. So we're always working when everybody else is off. And just getting that piece of advice really early in the career was so great for me because it made me kind of, it gave me that perspective really early on. Like, okay, you're not entering into a business where you're going to be working nine to five. It's just not going to happen. Um, and, it's never happened for me since. And to be perfectly honest, I, I love that. I like working nights. I like being off during the day. So for me, it, it still absolutely works for me. Uh, and uh, hopefully I can keep it going a little longer.
0: For sure. Listen, I had that same conversation with our colleague, Jim Van Horn. I was like 20 years old. He tells me while he's sitting down looking at scripts, he's like, Dave, this is a lifestyle you know, you're going to be working while your friends are freaking partying and, you know, say goodbye to the social life and all that sort of thing. He was talking about all the sacrifices. And it's really great to hear Jay that for you, it's really molded well in your lifestyle because a lot of people might not. So I'm glad to hear it.
1: Yeah. And, and plenty of people have done it for a while and then burned out. Right. And, and I, there's no judgment. Like it's, It's a tough slog for for most people, right, To, to live this lifestyle your whole life. Even a tougher slog is the guys on the road, right? Like if you think of someone like Chris Cuthbert, you know, his whole career has been spent in airports and hotels. And hearing him on the games is great, and he sounds fantastic, and I know he loves his job but there's some sacrifices that come with that, right? You're away for a lot of the stuff that your kids go through when they're growing up. And just in general, it's, it's, it can just be tough, right? It can just be a tough thing to be on the road all the time like that. So um, in a lot of ways, I feel like my, my schedule is more conducive to um, having a bit of a family life. Um, I think those guys have it harder than I do personally. So yeah, it's it's like I think Jim gave you great advice there. It's it's really a lifestyle. You have to <laughs> buy into it, and you have to love you have to love television or podcasting or radio or whatever you're in. You have to love that aspect of it because we all love sports. Yep. But the, in the end, at the end of the day, the job isn't just about sports. It's about that lifestyle that Jim talks about, you know, and and making sure that you're still very sharp and with it and ready to go when you're called upon so yeah that's great advice from Jim it's it's not a it's probably not the uh, the job for the the type of person who wants to have that nine to five it's it's just not gonna work out for you if that's what you're looking for
0: exactly so we talked about sacrifices let's talk about skills like if, if a you know guy or gal out there wants to become a sports host on television streaming podcasting whatever, what kind of skills do they need? Like, we already know Jay Onright, exceptional ad-libber. You know, he's got some humor. He thinks on his feet. What else? What else do you need to be successful skills-wise?
1: I the, the ad-libbing, though, only came, Dave, after, you know, 500 shows. Like, my thing that I find, I find the difference now in a lot of young broadcasters is I don't feel like they get enough opportunity to get the reps that I did when I was coming up. There aren't as many small stations for people to go to, small TV stations or radio stations for people to go to and get those reps in. You know, I, I think it's like any job. You're a NHL hockey player, NFL football player, plumber, electrician, pharmacist, sportscaster. The only way to really be good is to do it and do it over and over and over again. And sports casting is a really great example of that. And I see now a lot of young people elevated to a a national role before they really get a chance to get those reps in and and not just become good broadcasters, but really find their own voice, right? Not just be able to, to get you from A to B and get you through the highlight and see the score, but to really express that personality and give you a reason to watch them over the person on the other channel. Um, that only to me comes with with reps. Um, give you an example, uh, Jamie McLennan, when he retired from the NHL and he was a goaltender in the NHL for 15 years, he came right to us and worked for us, and he was on television with us, and he used to say to me like, nobody's. I wish someone would coach me, you know, like, because they're they're coming from a an environment in the NHL where they're constantly coached and they're opening they're open to being coached. But no matter what station I've been at, whether it's Fox or TSN or wherever, they usually expect these athletes to just come in and be comfortable talking on TV, and they give them hardly any direction. It's actually surprising. And it's only after doing it over and over that they kind of get it. And so for Jamie, he really struggled with it until he started to do radio. And Mm -hmm. he teamed up with Jeff O'Neill and Brian Hayes on, on our afternoon show, and when you're talking for 3 hours a day 5 days a week and generally you're ad-libbing all that time it's not scripted you're going to get you're going to get a lot better really fast and that's exactly what happened to Jamie he got so much better when he got those reps in and so that would be that's my advice to young people is Okay. People might say, well, you don't have to go to the Saskatoons of the world anymore. You know, you can just go on YouTube and do this or that. Yep. But it's not the same to me. It's not the same as working with a professional crew and taking direction from a professional director and just doing a professional broadcast. And if you can get the reps in doing that kind of thing at a younger age, you're going to be way better off than your colleagues. Um, there's no question about it in my mind anyway.
0: Amen. I, I know. Back in the day, I used to do uh Rogers Television for the uh, American listeners and viewers. Rogers TV is like your what would you say, Jay? It's like a, a local cable. Yeah, kinda... your
1: community community cable. If you're in America, yeah. the idea of community cable, right? Wayne, uh, Wayne's World, Wayne and Garth, that kind of thing. Uh, it's it's community cable, and it, and I did the same thing, Dave, and and it yeah. was an amazing thing to do because you know you're still putting together broadcasts of of high school and college stuff and you're literally getting those reps in that you need to get and there's you know you can talk in front of a mirror and you can talk you know you can do so many different things but it's not the same as being live right and being called upon to speak and ad lib and that is hard to do, and very few people are naturally great at it instantly. Mm-hmm. There's very few Dan Shulmans on the on the planet, you know, who just instantly are great at it at the age of 25. Uh, well, here's the you, thing, you Jay. Gotta...
0: Like reading sports highlights live, like a cold script. Jay will get a cold script from one of his team members uh, on a game that's going on right now. And Jay will, like, read it live and do his best not to make a mistake. That is an art form. That is an incredible skill to do. And not everyone could do that. It's hard.
1: And decide uh, along the way as you're reading the script, Cole, you know, is there stuff in this script that I don't want to include? I, I've got to make that decision almost in- instantaneously, right? Yeah. And so – But again, that comes, Dave, with so many years of reading highlight scripts that I know exactly what I'm looking for in that script when it gets handed cold to me. I'm mostly looking for things that aren't familiar to me. Mm. I'm mostly looking for names that I don't necessarily know. Right. Um, And then processing them as quickly as I possibly can. Like, do I know this person? Can I exclude this person from the highlight <laughs> right. because I don't know exactly how to say that person's name?
0: Yeah. There's so
1: many things you're thinking about. It's so much better and so much cleaner if you can see a script beforehand. Yeah. But it's just not possible, as you said. Um, yeah. You know, the way the nature of live TV and games are happening and ending at different times. It's not always possible to see those scripts at a time. So it's part of the job. Yeah. But again, that just comes from from repetition and doing it over and over again.
0: Gotcha. So uh, Jay, earlier you talked about your show how it's more interview-driven. Now, geez, man, sports highlights. Jay, I could get it on uh, TikTok. I could get highlights on Twitter. Um, the the landscape has changed. The future of sports media is changing. So, what do you think about you know this job moving forward, like being a sports media host? Like, what is this looking like now? Yeah,
1: it's it's a lot of. You know, for us, it's our show. I think is a great example of that, where we mix in, you know, the highlights that I that we think people are still looking for. Um, you know, it's it's not we're not delving too deeply into baseball teams right now that aren't making the playoffs. Like we're just there's very little appetite for that on our end, but there's still a lot of appetite for how did the Blue Jays do and and then maybe even more importantly, how did the, the teams that are battling with them for wildcard spots do? Yeah. So it's not that highlights are gone. It's just that for our viewership, they want the super relevant stuff. They want the the, the core of what they want. And, and then subsequently they want us to go a little deep, deeper on that. So right. if, when I say go a little deeper, that means chatting with, our blue chase reporter who's had the game that night and talking about that game. And it's the same as, you know, training camp in the past. We would have just, just had a few clips of some Calgary flames today at the first day of, of training camp. Now we'll have those clips, but then we'll have a six minute chat with solemn from the training camp about exactly, you know, the mood around camp and what's happening and just go a little deeper on it basically. And, it's it to me, it makes for a better show, mm-hmm. and it's it's more relevant for the viewer. Um, but you know I, I I sometimes push back on this narrative that yes, I know you can get highlights everywhere, but I find the problem with that is you end up only looking for the highlights for the teams that you like. You right. don't end up going and searching for the rest of those al wildcard highlights. you probably just look for those Blue Jays highlights and you're done. Right, And so I think we still provide, if you only have an hour in your day to really catch up on things, we still try to make it so that if you don't want to flip around from site to site or whatever, to get all the highlights, you can just get the core of what you need on this show. Plus we'll go a little deeper with it and then provide a little personality along the way. You know, a lot of, you know, why people watch television to this day still is they like the people hosting, right? They like their, there's a comfort level with who's hosting. There's a comfort level with the show that they're doing. And so, you know, we have been a, you know, I've been on long enough that if you're watching me, you probably like me. If you don't, you probably just don't like me. And that's totally fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's enough people who like me that, that it still seems to be uh, clicking along here. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's definitely changed a lot for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, but from our perspective, we still try to do something that feels relevant in this time. And I think it's a more it's a more complete show now than it was, say, in the early 2000s when you and I were working there, Mm. because then it was just about throwing everything, you know, like in the kitchen sink at the wall. And now it's about being a bit more judicious with what we actually put into the show.
0: For sure. Understood. Like interviews, analysis, opinion—got it. Yeah. So, okay, we talked a little doom and gloom. Let's let's lighten it up a little. Jay, give me a couple of funny stories from your career, like uh, being an on-air person. Anything like go dastardly wrong behind the z- the scenes, or like, any fun stories that pop up in your mind during your career?
1: Well, well when I when I got to you know, the reason I never, I never drink the day of a show. I never consume alcohol the day of a show, and it's a very good reason for it. When I first got to Saskatoon, uh, I was like a month in, and and, uh, working at Global, and I was so excited. Like it was such, I just I knew how lucky I was to have the job because most people had to go somewhere before they got to Saskatoon, somewhere even smaller. (laughs) So I was just so pumped and and kind of you know flying high. And about a month in, I got there in September, month in, my co-anchor had a Halloween party. And it was just a great party, and I got absolutely obliterated. And uh, I vomited in the cab on the way home. Like, I was just a disaster. And I woke up the next day, usually I wake up pretty right as rain, and I'm not hungover. But for whatever reason, I was so hungover the next day that even though I didn't have to be on air till 11.30 at night the next day, p.m., I was still hungover at 1130 at night. Wow. And I remember bringing a garbage can onto the set with me and have it in in between my legs as I'm hosting this live show because I I was genuinely thinking that I was going to vomit on air. And (laughs) YouTube had already started. Viral clips had already started at that point so i was already thinking okay this is where it ends for me like i literally was like one month into my on-air career wow. i'm so stupid i got so drunk that i'm gonna puke on air this clip's gonna go viral and i'm gonna get fired and that's what i'll be known for <laughs> anyway long story short i made it through the broadcast without puking nice i finished the broadcast unscathed and i made a promise to myself at that point at the age of 22 that I would never put myself in that kind of position throughout my career. So, it, again, it better to learn that lesson in Saskatoon than at CSN in Toronto. So it's probably another – that's another good reason why it pays to to start small and uh, make your mistakes at a smaller market, mistakes like partying too hard and nearly vomiting on set the next day.
0: Uh man, Jay, getting your reps in, eh? Good stuff. Jay, this has been great, man. if someone wants to like reach out to you, become part of your universe, where do they go? What website? What social media?
1: It's all at Jay Onwright. It's uh, you know Twitter, Instagram, Threads. Uh, I think that's nice. it. And then Jay On SC is our uh, is our sports center with Jay Onwright Instagram and Twitter account, and they can go check out our stuff there. We're really proud of what we're putting out there, so. Yeah, 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 it's great to talk to you, buddy. You're doing so great. It's been such a it's been a long journey for both of us. I'm glad we're still we're still kicking around.
0: Jay, you haven't changed, man. Listen, I'm going to take this opportunity right now to say thank you. When I was like 20 years old at Sports Desk, there was one time where I was trying to get like a tape in, like some highlights in, with a script to the editor, and it was like so many people in front of me, and you know the clock is counting down. My pack is coming up in the show. Jay Onright, cool as ice, says, "I got this." He takes the tape, takes the script. He bypasses everybody in the editor line and gets the <laughs> script and the tape in there. Pack is on the air. Disaster averted, thanks to Jay Onright. Thank you, sir. Uh,
1: I listen. You got sometimes you got to make the tough decisions, and uh, I, I like I've been there too. You know, I always tried to. I will say, uh, Dave Randorf, when I was. Uh, I was still going to University of Alberta thinking I was going to be a pharmacist. And someone gave me Dave Brandorf's contact information. And I wrote him a letter and just said, you know, know, if I'm ever in... He was working in Vancouver at the time. And I wrote him a letter. I said, if I'm ever in Vancouver, I'd love to get together free with coffee. And I left my phone number. Anyway, he called me. He called me at at my house. And he talked to me for half an hour about the business. and, And same with Michael Landsberg. I remember... I had a project at Ryerson first year, go talk to someone you admire in the industry. I reached out to Michael, left a message on his voicemail and he called me back the next day and had me into TSN. And so many people there, I've got so many examples like that of people who were really kind to me when I started out. And I try to remember that as best I can. And anytime anyone needs my help, I try to, you know, pay it forward, so to speak. And, and uh, keep that spirit up, because uh, it, it's an intimidating business, as you know, Dave. It's, yeah. it's hard to break into it. And even when you're into it, it's it's pretty intimidating. A lot of big personalities, you know, a lot of pressure. And so to have someone kind of, you know, show you a little act of kindness is uh, sometimes it's all you need, right, to, to keep going. So, so, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, and hopefully, uh, hopefully you're paying it forward, too. Now
0: that you're a savvy veteran. Yeah, that's right. For sure, man. And, <laughs> you know, you just deserve all the success, Jay, man. I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. You're doing so well, man. So congratulations. And thanks so much for taking the time from your car as he's driving to work. This is for the podcast listeners. <laughs> he's actually driving in his car right now and doing this interview. Thanks, Jay.
1: I think it went pretty well. I think it. I think this may be a future permanent podcast feature for you, Dave, interviewing people on the commute. It's a <laughs> it's a great sure. way to get that content
0: out there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I love it, man. Great. Thanks so much, Jay. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. All right, and we're out. Eight o'clock on the nose. All
1: right, that was awesome.
0: Thanks, man jay man fantastic thank you for doing that
1: it was my pleasure buddy it's great to see you you look like you haven't changed at all you you look like a million bucks
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's all the botox man
1: (laughs) (laughs) i saw a lot of that in la dave a lot of that in la i remember I remember our makeup artist was 26 years old. She came in one day. She's like, I just got Botox. I'm like, I am in a real different environment here. Uh, 26 doesn't seem like a time to need Botox. but
0: Oh, my God. But what man, what a journey you've uh, had, Jay, man. Like, geez, like going from TSN then to the States and having two books and stuff like that. It was such a trip, man. Like, you had a book and I had a book around the same time. I couldn't believe it.
1: Yes. Yes, that's right. I remember that. That was so cool. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I think about the, my books and, um, I don't know how to explain it. I, I feel, I wish I could have a second crack at them, you know, like, you know, with the benefit of hindsight 20 years later or whatever, Mm. um, I would love to, to do it again, but then also I would never change anything. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, um, you know, you just, you become more, more worldly and you become, you know, you you, you learn more and, and, and things stick to you more. And I wish I could, could repackage those books in a different way, but right. that's another great example of just like, you can't worry about that kind of thing. If you get an opportunity to do something like write a book, so many people wish they could have that opportunity. So you just got to do it and hope it turns out for the best
0: man. Good for you, man. Seize the day, right? Like that's, that's the it. way you got to do it.
1: That's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. You just gotta, yeah, just take advantage of the opportunities that are out there and try to burn as few bridges as possible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh shoot.
1: Right. Cause you never know, you know, like for us with TSN, if we, if we had left TSN and, and shit on it, um, yeah. You know, we might not have been able to come back. So, it, you know, yeah. because we left on really, really good terms. Um, you know, I've been back for seven years there now, and it's been great. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 so, you know, no no complaints at all about that. They've been really good to me. So, so yeah, it's. Uh, I think I think it's just one of those things where we're lucky to be working in something we really love doing, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and it's fun.
0: You know what? When you mentioned millière. Uh, giving you that shot. There couldn't be two more opposite people. You and Millier, just personality-wise, you know?
1: But you know, the thing with Mark, uh, and like Dan will say the same thing, because Mark got fired about, uh, well, right before the pandemic, maybe 2018, 2019. Oh. And it's just not been the same since. And it's funny Mm. because, he wasn't, uh, as you know, because you work with him, not a perfect human being, you know, had some, <laughs> some flaws, some personality flaws, um, still does. <laughs> but in terms of, he was a great example of someone who, or, uh, well, two, it's twofold. To me, he's someone who has an eye for talent and an eye for television like nobody that we have right now. Right. And our product has suffered as a result. And more than that, he liked what Dan and I did. He believed in us. And he Mm -hmm. protected us, uh, you know, from probably from a lot more things than we ever realized, you know, or that we'll ever know. And someday I'll ask him about it. But I know he saved our bacon a few times. Mm -hmm. uh, And it was just because he believed in us and he liked us. And when he left, that sort of protection left. And and that's part of the reason why Dan's not there now. And Right. So, you know, as much as he did have his flaws, um, man, it's it's nice to have someone who believes in you, you know what I mean? Because in this business, you kind of need that along the way. You need a, a few people to believe in you along the way, no matter what you're doing, you know?
0: So, Amen. yeah, I definitely yeah.
1: miss that guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It, it was interesting because I remember him being, you know, a bit of a sour guy. So with a, yeah. a Jay Onright, you know, perky, effervescent, eight foot nine, it just... <laughs> <laughs> This is funny. You should just,
1: have you should have Mark on your podcast. He would be uh endlessly fascinating, I think, <laughs> to talk to about this whole industry and everything. I think it would be fun. Um
0: I'll tell you something about Millier. Millier. Like uh, I definitely remember the times uh working for him and I remember one time like after leaving the first time around, he told me he didn't want to hire me back. So, right. it was actually my day that allowed that to happen so interesting. yeah so you know what though it's stuff like that that motivates me man so it's my motive. Yeah. it's my gear right. yeah and so yeah. It, it's all good man like um I, i'm glad mark helped you and uh dan out he helped me out as well like indirectly so it, yeah. it was all good yeah
1: that's true that's true mike day great guy i mean mike was a first mike was the guy i first worked for and and yeah, I've got all kinds of time for Mike. He's an amazing person. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he's – I wish he was still with us, too. He would uh, He would be a great – he would be a great voice of reason, I think, in our, yes. in our shop right now.
0: Yeah. I remember that. All right, sir, I'll let you go. Okay, buddy. Thanks for great doing this. Have a great you. show, okay?
1: All right, all the best to you and the fam, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, Dave. Talk
0: to you soon, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye yes jay on thank you for being on the show sir i totally appreciate it it had been some time since we last spoke and it was great to catch up man he is just such a first class guy jay is world class first class he's been good to me ever since our days at sports desk he's always been helpful and just thank you so much jay for sharing your insight with the audience today much appreciated All right. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe to the Ultimate Fun Jobs YouTube channel and podcast. Until next time, take care and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Ultimate Fun Jobs podcast. Remember to also check out the Ultimate Fun Jobs YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button. Until next time, have a great week.